Craft Beer Radio, episode 292, again on June 14th, 2014. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, episode 292, our second attempt. Uh, this episode of Craft Beer Radio is brought to you by Computer Problems. Computer Problems, they happen. So... Actually, I think last week was the inaugural new sponsorship thing you started, yes. and last week was brought to you what, by Hangovers. Hangovers, they're, they're your fault. <laughs> was uh, thing. but yeah. So this was yes. We uh, recorded the episode, and we lost our computer recording and the backup recording. So you guys who subscribed to the extras got to listen to a pre-show and post-show, which had no. Wait, I didn't put it up yet, did I? No, you didn't. Oh, I started to. I just hadn't posted. So you'll get an extra pre-show and post-show, but no two ninety-two where we did things like Stone and Joy by. We we enjoyed it, uh, not as much as we enjoyed Duclaw's Hellraiser, which was awesome. Was pretty awesome, yeah. It was a Motuka, Motuika or something like that. Yeah. Up, single up, and Coronado Islander, which uh, you thought was was really good. I wasn't as okay as heavy on it, but um, there, there were no bad ones in this show. So, the other ones I think we'll be able to do. Oh, NJ three fifty. Uh, right, yeah. You didn't like it as much as I did, but we uh, don't have any other versions of that. But uh, those are the ones that we aren't able to redo. So that's all we can tell you about those. Yeah, that that really stunk. Yeah. And uh, the we had used the same intro music. Uh, last week was the 30th anniversary of Ghostbusters. So why not put that in there? So what we're having now is we're going to do a slightly different show. We're not going to do another IPA show. But our first show is actually, our first beer is actually a pale ale. This is Mirror Pond Pale Ale from Deschutes. This is uh, their most popular beer. The malts used are pale, northwest pale, crystal, and carapil- and carapils. I always get that wrong when I see it. Carapils. <laughs> carapil- carapils. I think it would, yeah, it's something wrong. <laughs> Hopsed with Cascade. Yeah, this uh, is Best Buy, September 10th, 14. Deschutes sent us to this for the Pittsburgh launch of Deschutes Beer. Mm-hmm. And I did an interview with uh, that dude from Deschutes. I'm trying to think of his name. He'll come to me. Was it John Abraham? No. He's no. the brewer. No, it was a guy who does the, the going into new markets and whatnot. Oh, it'll come to me. But uh, it was uh, turned into a... I thought it was going to be a quick interview. It turned into an hour-long interview. So I... If you liked it, let me know. I think it was a pretty cool interview with the shoots. All right, so Mirror Pond. Sir, like Greg said, their number one selling beer. Beer pours a uh, orange, golden orange. Yeah, I would call bronze. it that. That's a good. That's a good call. I think. Well, there's just the color, so pretty clear. A little, just a touch of haze to it. The head uh, poured a decent head. It, it's kind of faded down. It's kind of just rimming the glass now. Eric Frank was the person you were talking to. That's it, yes. All right. And uh, the aroma on this one? This won the gold medal class three for ale, 5 to 5.4% in the 2013 International Brewing Awards. It won the Gold Award for the English Style Panel and the 2012 European Beer Star and some other ones. 20, 2010 Great American Beer Festival, Classic, classic English Style Pale Ale. Did well, I say it was 5% alcohol by volume, 40 IBUs. Okay. 
Yeah, the aroma on this one, it's a blend of, of pale malts, a touch of caramel, and some hops. The hops are kind of, um, what would I describe the aroma on the hops? Not I'm citrusy. not getting much. No? Yeah, I mean, it's not a huge aroma, but I'm, I'm getting a, a decent amount. I'm trying, let me try to put some words to the hop aroma here. It's a little, it's really blended in with the malts, right? So it doesn't yeah. come across with a lot of the, the adjectives we normally use. Maybe there's a, a little bit of pithiness there. There's uh, maybe some pine, it's reminding me more of woodsy than, than pine, though. You know, I don't normally use woodsy as an adjective, but this kind of reminds me of that. I can't say I'm smelling much of, to be honest, much of anything right now. Last week, Jeff had a nose that was all stuffed up. This week, I'm not stuffed up, but I'm not smelling much out of this beer. I don't know. Okay. Maybe, maybe it'll change. Go into the sip, and it really gives you a uh, an intense bitterness, really, for, for a pale ale. You know, there's a good hopping to it. The malts come in for that first little malt bump, but then really the bitterness takes over. And you're getting some flavors like... Um, I mean, there's some orange in there, but it's it's more... I, I want to say woodsy again. I keep getting this... Not piney, not resiny, but it's reminding me more of woodsy. I'm with you. There's something in here, and this kind of gives it... Something that reminds me of backpacking or or, or, or being in a tent mm-hmm. near a fire. Not exactly right. the fire, but sort of being around woods. Yeah. So, kind of that essence of, of woody... Yeah, foresty character. Yeah, so I've definitely corrupted you with my subscri- my description. Mm. I think there's something about the flavor that reminds me of that. Yeah, it's almost it's almost a little barky in a way. So it, it's not not pine resiny. It's it's this. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm with you. This exactly. flavor and and it, it I I think of being in the middle of a forest when I drink this. They may have a little pond. Maybe it's a mirror That's pond. That's kind of what they're going for yeah. with the whole uh, mirror pond thing. It's pretty good. Yeah, the, the malt character, I would say it's um, almost a little muffin-like. It has uh, a good level of sweetness. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hmm. The bitterness does a good job. It, it's really well-balanced, I think. Very good drinker. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does. It does have a, a pretty strong bitterness to people who are, you know, I don't know if my mother would like it, but I know my father would. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm almost like thinking like how this compares to some of the session IPAs mm-hmm. like that, right? Because it's five percent alcohol, it has good malt to it, has this intense bitterness to it. it. I don't think I would call it a, you know, I don't think I would call it an IPA or a session IPA from drinking it. No. But, I mean, but it's, there's some overlap in the, in the two different styles, you know? It has a fuller mouthfeel than, you know, we had the Farmer's Tan last week, so I'm remembering we're going to have it again this week. Mm-hmm. But it has a fuller mouthfeel, it feels mm-hmm. more substantial, feels more chewy than your session IPAs typically do. Mm-hmm. It's not that much more alcohol than the Southern, than the Farmer's Tan. Right. It's like about 0.4%, right? Right. That's enjoyable. Mm. Yeah, we can get it now, so. I was going to make a statement like, I'd buy a lot of this if I could get it. Well, guess what? <laughs> I, I can. can now. 
you know, five percent is not going to mess with you too much. Mm-hmm. One or two are you know once you get past one or two of any beer, really you're you're starting unless it's like the three percent ones that we've had, right? Right. But you know, I, I can see this one being a, a real a real go to for something if you're not you not really want to have something that's you know going to blow your mouth out, but at the same time you want something that's really enjoyable. I like the maltiness on it a lot. Um, you know, I think if I wasn't going to pick up Headhunter, I might look for this one. Yeah, I mean, this one, Headhunter gives you just the uh, yeah. state-of-the-art hop IPA, yeah. right? Where this one is definitely more of a balanced beer. Gives you some of the maltiness, too. Lets you enjoy both sides of the field, right? So, yeah, I would say, you know, until Headhunter came around, my go-to in terms of the IPA was probably Bell's. Um, they're uh, two-hearted. And then Headhunter, I think blew me away in terms of how good it is and it's really available in terms of multi beers i still think that probably my go-to is great lakes but i think i I could put this on uh you know as one of my go-to beers as well very cool so you want to go right into the farmer's tan yeah i think we should you know since they're similar styles yeah we should go into those and go in this one next so this is Southern Tier. This is sent to us by Southern Tier. This is their seasonal, their session IPA. Uh, it's, I think it's a seasonable. Yeah, it's spring summer. It is four point six percent alcohol by volume. It is fermented with ale yeast, two varieties of hops, and two types of malts, and that's all they tell us. So this color is a little bit less. Less full on the orange, but still kind of orangey. It actually looks darker than I remember it. Oh, remember how we talked about how this was bottle conditioned last? Yes, time? that's a good point. There's a little bit of sediment in the bottom line. So this is their session IPA, and since this is a lower alcohol beer, lower body beer, one of the things that they, well, one of the things I presume they did, the reason they did this was homebrewers. You know, they'll bottle condition their beers. And having that live yeast in the bottom of the bottle is kind of like a mechanic that's in there just maintaining and tooting the beers and keeping it. helps with the shelf life, shelf, yeah. stuff, shelf well, stability. For, for, for a pro brewer, they do it for shelf stability. For right. a home brewer... They do it to add carbonation. They, well, also... And to... Beers that might not be awesome at two weeks, you know, in six months could come around, right? That's true. That, those yeast are working. Right. And they could be tuning that beer. So a home brewer, you know, it's kind of their... Their last ditch effort to like, okay, the beer's not good yet. Eat work yeast, work yeast, make my beer good. You know, that's, I've done that a lot of, with a lot of my beers, right? Um, Southern Cheers not looking for that. They're looking for something that will give it, you know, several months of shelf stability. Right, right. So. Right, so, so okay, so when we bottle a beer, then you're not using your um, your carbonation system. Right. When we bottle a beer and we put in the stuff, that, that that's normally to I mean, the the general purpose is to add carbonation, but it has a secondary purpose of sustaining mm-hmm. the beer and helping. Right. And you say that, and, and and that Southern Tier says that that's the point of them putting mm-hmm. this. Their, but I thought that at some level, all beers had some yeast in suspension, a little bit. Well, filtered beers. Filtered beers don't. don't but some, I mean, if lagers, it was unfiltered, yeah. You can have unfiltered lagers that yeah. yeast has really dropped out and are very bright. Bright by meaning, you know, not much yeast in it. Um, on a microscopic level, yeah, there's going to be some yeast cells in a non-filtered beer, mm-hmm. right? Whether there's an appreciable amount to do anything or not, that's yeah. the question. Um, 
But the reason why it helps shelf stability is mostly because the ye- the yeast that's there will eat up any oxygen that gets in, right? That's probably the main reason for their shelf stability mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah, any oxygen that gets in. I don't know what the rate of oxygen infiltration through the cap, you know, through the crown is, but if anything leaks in, it might help keep that down for the, the period of the thing. Because this is a more, granted it's still an IPA, a session IPA, but I mean, it's it's... It's a more fragile beer, more delicate beer than mm-hmm. most of the beers that um, Southern Cheer makes. I think anytime you're dealing with a beer that, that's low in alcohol and uh, is not like a kombucha where they put a bunch of sugar in there, uh, you're dealing with something that's, that's going to be pretty um, pretty fragile. Yeah. All right. So the aroma on this one. Kind of dank on the aroma. A little, uh, Can I smell yours? I just... Do you smell anything? Hold on a second here. Mine smelled a little more dank, but let me do what I just did. No, yours is not as aroma-y. <laughs> I can't smell much out of yours either. So, I mean, for whatever reason... No, I couldn't smell as much out of your glass. That's, that's possible too, but I, I am... I'm. My doctor gave me a new thing for allergies. Oh, okay. You think that your nose is I broken? spray in my nose, and I think oh. it may be affecting the way I smell things a little bit. So... Oh. Okay. Yeah, so the the aroma, I just said dank, but it's kind of resiny. Um, trying to think of like what environment it puts me in. It's kind of a I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Like it it's not basement dank. It's not outside like behind the barn. Mm-hmm. Like not 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 barnyard barn but just like take, go back into the woods you know where we were for the last year okay. but you find this old building you know and you're behind the building where all the vines are growing you know that kind of like it almost there's okay almost there's where it's taking me but not quite i don't know i'm, I'm really winning with the, <laughs> the crazy descriptions today <laughs> i'm still trying to get something out of it I'm yeah, sorry. on the aroma, not much malt really. It's it's really just that kind of pungent hop aroma that you're getting from the mysterious two types of hops. That's interesting. I felt like I could taste two types of hops in that <laughs> in that sip. I felt like I, there were two different okay. hops that I was tasting. So yeah, on the flavor, it's a light bodied beer. You don't really get any kind of caramelly or breadiness, mm-hmm. really. You just get a little bit of, you know, malt that you get from the beer. It really doesn't stand out because the hops really take center stage here. And they're they're not juicy and gushy. They're, they're kind of dry, like, you know, just... Gushy, that's a good word. Well, you know, some hops are really gushy, right? <laughs> like, like exploding in your mouth, it almost, the hops taste juicy or something Yeah, like yeah, that. no, I'm with you. And uh, this one kind of tastes um, a little more... Subdue, or I don't even know how do I want to put it. Well, the, the malt is kind of like a, almost kind of like a rice cracker. It's it's a. <laughs> there's not much there. Mm-hmm. It's a platform for whatever what hops they can put yeah. there. There's a, a, a little bit of, of a flowery mm-hmm. breadiness, but that's about it. Hmm. Oh, we did talk last time about how we got some feedback about. Who a guy guy who likes the show, but he can't stand the swallowing sounds. So we'll try to keep them off. We'll try to keep them down, and uh, 
we explained a little bit, maybe we did in the post show, I can't think, we explained a little bit why, why we can't cut it out completely. It really makes for a dead sounding show. If we put up a noise gate that kept all the quiet sounds, there'd be, if we had a sound bed, yeah. maybe it would be okay, but we're not going to do that either. No, so. it, but, but even with that, it, it, I think it would be awkward because you'd get various levels of just sounds in the sound bed and then you'd get yeah. peaks of us talking. It would just, it would be like yeah. interrupting. It would sound yeah. weird. Noise gates are bad news. So, this is interesting in terms of the flavors we're getting because one of them is is more along that sort of piney sort of Chinook area, and one is kind of more in kind of a tangerine. Okay, and they're both separate and mixing, and they're kind of oil and water in here. They're not quite mixing together. Yeah, maybe there's a touch of tangerine, tangerine pith, or something like that. But that really, for me, that's just the tiny little bit of it most of it is is that more resiny you know piney type uh hop that you're talking about yeah i'm definitely i'm tasting more than you are i i get that that tangerine and pithiness and 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 a little bit of brightness but it's but again like i said it, it it feels like there's a stratification between it and the other hop and they're not mixing as as well as it might work but okay I think that's okay. I think it actually makes it uh, interesting to kind of look into and, and taste. I, th- this is tasting better than I, re- than I remember last week. Because last week didn't taste as full. For some reason, this is tasting fuller. We're doing this with different glasses this time. Oh, that's right. We used the IPA glasses last yes. time. And this time we're using the, the regular Spilo Tulip Snifter glasses. So. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. We haven't ever, we haven't clarified whether those things change the beer or not. I mean, it could be a different bottle. There's all types of things. There's that... things I like about the IPA glass. Yeah. I like how the beer rolls off that shelf when you're getting mm-hmm. down towards the bottom, and it really opens that beer back up. I I, I like that part of the glass the most, I think. Uh, I don't know, for overall, especially when you're doing this kind of analysis, I think I like the tulips better just for overall analysis. I think though. the tulips are better for analysis. I think that they, for, they're making this beer... Seem fuller. Spiegelow makes a wine tasting glass that is opaque black, so you can do a blind tasting. Ah. So they don't make the beer glasses in black, but they make a wine glass that is just, you know, it'd be just like, imagine this, but in, you know, being pitch black. Mm. We gotta get ourselves some of those. It'd be pretty cool. It'd be weird drinking from a pitch black glass. I, it might... The the cool thing to me is the idea that it might actually change our perception of the mm-hmm. beer. Right. I love the that those things matter, and delving into that is I think what the show is best at is mm-hmm. is finding all those weird things matter, like you saying something or me saying right. something changes the way we perceive it. So how will a black glass change the way we perceive a beer? We should have queued up some sound for this. We didn't. <laughs> Donut. Donut. Done and I, 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 we got Ozzy from the Brewers Art here, and this is a beer that I stumbled into really during Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week. I went out to the OTB at the at North Park and ran into a couple people I know. Amanda Bowen, Amanda loves beer on Twitter, and um, her boyfriend Todd, a elongated man on Twitter. And one of their friends, I think his name was Bob, but I'm not sure. But the friend Bob, we're going to stick with Bob for the rest of this story. Cats in the room. Okay. Morning. Morning. <laughs> uh, our friend Bob, we're going to stick with his name for the rest of this story. He travels a lot and brings back Todd all kinds of beers. And uh, 
Yeah, just because I was hanging out and talking with them. He's like, here, have a can of Aussie. And Aussie is no longer called Aussie because you notice on the label, there's a fist with those EZY tattooed mm-hmm. on the knuckles. And uh, yeah, the Osborne estate had a problem with with this can, so they put it in a cease and desist. It's still on their website as Aussie, or at least... There's a press release. You'll oh, see where they, uh, okay. they're renaming it something else. But they called it their answer to the Belgian, quote-unquote, devil beers, like Lucifer, Duval... <laughs> Okay. Uh, it's seven point two five percent alcohol by volume. Hospitalian Goldings. Like I said, it came in a can. First time I'll ever have a, a Duval type clone in a can. <laughs> gonna run out of firsts of the of things like that, right? Because sooner or later gonna have everything in a can. I mean, we held we had a goes <laughs> goes in a can. So, and if I I, I can't. Praise that beer enough. One of the best beers I've had all year was at Goza. And you better keep that can for when I'm so around. I won't drink it without you, I promise. This is very pale, straw, yellow in color. Just a slice. You see through right it. through it. Well, it's not crystal clear. Eh, eh. Close to it. Mine, maybe mine's a little cloudier than yours. Well, I guess they're about the same. It's a, it's a slight haze, but it's not much. The aroma, I'm kind of getting... So my first sniff on the aroma, and I need to refine, refine it some, but it smelled like this lemony, like like a, almost like a shandy type aroma, right? Yes. yes. You're getting that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has this big lemon smell to it, which, you know, if they were brewing a Duval type beer, you know, that, that that's not necessarily the same doesn't thing. doesn't sound right? on the mark. So yeah. it doesn't sound like it's supposed to be a whip beer. With like orange peel or something, lemon peel added to it, right? Doesn't seem like that's what they're supposed to be. What they're going for? Let's see. I want to work on the aroma. See if I can pull anything else out of the aroma here. Taking the tulip and towing it on side and slowly rotating it, coating the whole outside of the glass, inside of the glass, the inside of the glass with with beer, and it really opens up the aroma when you do that this is something that we learned from our friends at anheuser-busch yeah. this is something that look i know people don't like the macro stuff but they can teach you lessons sometimes There's things you can learn important. in you know unexpected circumstances mm-hmm. that's for sure you know we used to swirl the beer but that does it doesn't coat the glass as well it doesn't open up that aroma as much and it also works out carbonation at mm-hmm. a more aggressive rate so if that's not something you're looking to do you know, you, this this tilt. I, I was doing this. I was down at a, a party on the street. And I, it, for me, it's such a normal habit now, just tilting the glass. I was drinking out of a straight-sided shaker pint, and I was drinking someone's homebrew, and I started tilting it. And someone who's not really into beer is like, why'd you do that for? You know? So I go, oh, here we go. Time yeah. to explain. But yeah, I, I, I do this all the time. Now. I do this at bars. Everyone will see me doing this whole tilt and twist thing. Yeah, I'm having a hard time getting more aroma than that kind of shandy. Maybe a touch of a straw type aroma mm. from the malt or something like that. Greg took a sip. Why don't you uh, give me your thoughts while I take a sip? It's got lots of sort of that vanilla candy sugar flavor going for it. It does still have a little bit of that lingering lemon flavor. There's a lot of sort of wheat character to it. It's been a while since I've had my Duval, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to recall if it... It seems spicier than a Duval. It, well, it's a couple of things. So my first impression was... I mean, it's kind of fizzy, you know, high carbonation type for the style of beer. 
but it also seems like like you talked about candy sugar it definitely mm-hmm. seems kind of like a clear candy sugars in here you know mm-hmm. like almost like uh, a triple type uh, but it doesn't taste feel, like a triple right? yeah well, but it has that mouthfeel right yes, mouthfeel it's, it's very full it's 7.25 it's mm-hmm. it put a lot in a lot of sugars in here it has a, the spiciness you were talking about is is kind of you know spot on that's probably mostly from the yeast but it's it's almost a bit of um white pepper mm-hmm. um let me take another sip here it's an interesting tape because the first thing that comes to my mind is not ozzy osborne <laughs> yeah i'm not sure also, in the background behind the fist, they have bats. They have a bat that's right side up, and they yeah. have a bat that's upside down with its head bitten off and blood coming out of its neck. <laughs> just a very, very stylized yeah. drop of blood. Yeah. I mean, I get it, though. You know, yeah. Ozzy the Devil. I know I, it's it's a cool pun. Right. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. You know, beer named Lucifer, beer named Ozzy. Makes sense. But it it's... I mean, if I'm just comparing titles to to the beer, it's not what I maybe would have expected. But what would I have expected? Mm-hmm. I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. So it, that's a silly, so, silly you, road to go down. Thank you, Todd's friend, who I think your name was Bob. It's it's really very drinkable. It goes it down is. very smooth. Uh, the first sip, that kind of fermented candy sugar was. It wasn't really hot, but it seemed thinning or something like that mm-hmm. right but now my second third sips my palate's maybe it's just a palate calibration thing my palate's getting used to it and yeah it's getting really drinkable i'm really enjoying this um it doesn't seem at this point in the taste it doesn't seem and i can't tell you the last time i actually had a duval but i remember duval having a little bit more lingering sweetness to it mm-hmm. i mean it's still a dry beer but it has a little more sweet in the mid body you know mid taste and this one's drier through there. And it's kind of interesting how, you know, this one's pretty dry from the mid to the end. It definitely is something of a change because maybe 10 years ago, a lot of these Belgian beers would have been the best beers you've been able to get. Locally, at least, like by going to mm-hmm. a start bed or something like that. And, and and many people would have said, you know, Belgian beers or whatever, those are the best beers you can really get in America. These days, we don't... We have so much interesting American styles and interesting American brewers that do styles to, to taste that we haven't, you know, we haven't jumped into those affligams and, and duvels and stuff very much. Yeah. I mean, we kind of did most of them, right? And there's well, not, yeah, we, we, we there's did not as much innovation show. happening. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a combination of things. We use them a lot more when there was less choice here. And, uh, there's still some very good stuff. Oh, they, they're good when stuff, was, but it's like, you know, I, I do remember one time going to a bar about six years ago, and the only the only stuff they had that wasn't American, you know, pills, they actually had, like, Delirium Nocturnum and stuff on, right. you know, available. Right. So that, there was. Okay, so there I can get a good beer. Now they're going to have a lot of great American beers. At a better price point. At often. a better price point. So it's interesting because it's just, it's harder to get those... Belgian stuff because more shelf space being devoted to American craft beer. And that's yeah. both good and sort of bad for being able to find the Belgian stuff if you really wanted to. Yeah. I went to the Sharp Edge for happy hour two or three weeks ago. It's the first time I've actually sat down and drank Belgian beers, especially mm-hmm. Belgian draft beer, in quite a while. Had some good ones. Um, 
know the beer uh name of the uh, I'm not even sure what the name of the brewery is but the the brand of beer they put out is silly it was like silly saison and um they had a sour beer kind of flandersy it was pretty good and then uh that one cost a fair bit so then i ordered something cheap so i think i had a decondic or something like that and yeah good stuff yeah it's out there you forget how good they are because you taste a lot of great american mm-hmm. beers but there's great stuff there i haven't been to sharp edge in a while but i may be going back sometime soon to give that another another try get there during happy hour when you can get half price drafts another thing that happened 20 or 30 years ago was the release of a little game called tetris and we thought that this music is perfect for our little mm, what should we what should we call it a little commercial commercial nag yes nag. there's a great way you can support us how is it that is if you want to shop at that internet website that sells everything where you want to go is to craftbeerradio.com slash amazon it'll redirect you to that amazon website that sells everything <laughs> not amazon.com and it will uh, cost you nothing more and we'll get a cut of what you spend instead of sending it to amazon yeah it's a great and, way uh, to you're gonna spend the money anyway you can quote unquote donate to us without actually bothering to do anything besides going to craftbeerarea.com slash amazon and you just a little bit it's like six percent of what you do of, of what you give us is not given to jeff bezos it's given to us right um you can buy these spilo tulip glasses mm-hmm. that we're drinking from you can get those black wine tasting glasses if you want to do some wine we might grab a pair but they're like the pro series so they're like mm-hmm. i think they're like 30 bucks a piece or more so they're hard to take cheap, from uh <laughs> not cheap glasses uh yeah we don't find those around uh at better prices mm. um and if you're looking for website hosting, we haven't talked about this in a while, there's a link on our website, on craftyourradio.com. There's a link for bluehost.com. It's a good web website host. If you're looking to host a WordPress blog or something like that, you can sign up, use our referral link, and the Bluehost referral is pretty sweet. So yeah. um, we've gotten two or three of those, and that's always if nice. If every one of in. you gets a Bluehost site, then we're going to get a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, so this next beer, I think we'll save this one for last. So. Really? Oh, you want to do this one next? I do want to do that one All next. right, okie dokie, smoky. This is from Maui. This is their co- is sent to us by the brewery. This is their Coconut Porter. We've been doing a lot of Maui recently. I think this is the last. I think we've done every one now. Uh, well, of course, the, the IPA we, we oh. lost. Yeah, we got another can of the IPA. We might work yeah. that into a show. Um, but this is, uh, this is the one Maui beer that we've had... I think before they sent us beer, because I think someone sent this to us. Listener probably sent us to yeah. this. Um, I know I've had this one and the the wheat at the first time I was out at GABF, mm-hmm. the time that you weren't there. And this is the coconut porter. I don't think you said that part. Six, you? I think I did. Six percent alcohol by volume, thirty IBUs. Let's see. They use toasted coconut. They, hand, they say they hand toast it. I don't know what that means exactly. They rub it in their hands. And <laughs> it gets toasty. Six varieties of malted barley. And hops that they don't tell us. The, uh, you know, the little sub te- subtitle for this beer. Lot of, like hot chicks on the beach? Like hot, chi- like hot chicks on the beach, yeah. No, I can get behind that one. 
I'll let that marketing speak slide. Mm, it's got a nice malty aroma with a bit of sweetness. It does it? Have, I was expecting like coconut to be the main yeah. thing I smelled, but really the main thing I smelled was a really nice porter smell, a nice roastiness mm-hmm. to it, and that surprised me. So let me go back in and take another. It's smell. a little nutty. It has something, something kind of either something on the walnut or almond side be a roast version of either of those I don't know the first sniff was the best I can't get back to that place where I took a, just a sniff and I was like oh my god the other sniffs are good but they I can't get back to that first there's a sniff little, there's a little bit of a, like a, a, a chocolate bar kind of aroma I'm with you on all those actually I'm now I think I'm starting to smell some of the coconut what's the what's the bar that's just coconut mounds. and chocolate mounds no, Mounds has almonds. No, Almond Joy. Almond Joy has, has almonds. almonds. Mounds don't. <laughs> Almond Joy has nuts. Mounds don't. Because. Sometimes you feel like a nut. And sometimes you don't. So there's another commercial for you. <laughs> Crafter Radio does not endorse. I was going to try to think who makes those, but I forget now. Some companies. Probably Mars. Probably. Hmm. Okay, I got another sip here of this. Where'd the coconut go? Where did the coconut go? I remember this beer being like bonkers on the coconut. It's kind of in the aftertaste a little bit. It's it's deeper and darker than I remember, right? It's got, mm-hmm. it's got a deeper kind of chocolate to it. Right. Uh, yeah, the, the coconut doesn't hit until later it's kind of coming off at the end and, and sort of as it's vaporizing I'm getting a little bit of the coconut sweetness but it's not super next level bonkers like you, like you remember it mm-hmm. this was canned on April 3rd so it's not super fresh it's not super two months it's not that bad yeah. either yeah I like how, I like how their date has the date, but also says canned aloha. <laughs> when you email the guys from Maui, they're they're all Hawaiian too. You know, it's all aloha. Yeah. And <laughs> but look, if two months is a long time, then come on. Yeah, maybe not. It just I don't know. I'm like, where's the coconut? Because I remember I've had this beer on several occasions. And the last time we had it, I mean, at least when we had it on the show, it certainly wasn't. It certainly wasn't less than two months old. I don't know. It's hard to say. We might have jumped on that when we saw it come in the mail. Hmm. So it has... I just heard our swallowing and stuff on the microphones. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that does suck. I'm sorry. There's some flavor in here that I'm... The, the hops are adding something interesting. They're, they're turning the chocolate into kind of a carob-like flavor carob yeah sort of like that fake chocolate i don't know okay um hmm how can i describe that then it tastes it tastes kind of like a cheaper chocolate i guess okay this is not doesn't taste like a great belgian dark chocolate the chocolate steak flavor that's coming Mm -hmm. is a little bit sort of cheaper there's uh some bit of roastiness coming too but not a whole lot 
it's pretty sweet in the mouth and has a very, very full mouthfeel. The hops themselves aren't adding much besides a little bit of bitterness and maybe a kind of slight grapefruity note, but that may be kind of I'm wondering, I mean, there. this almost seems like it's it's a can, so it's unusual. It almost seems a little bit oxidized to me. I'm not disagreeing with you. There's something about it that feels a little, yeah, the, the flavor feels like it's it's halfway between that kind of oxidized and cardboard yeah. thing. Yeah. It's oh, speaking of off flavors, I had a conversation with Andy, a brewer, you know, brewer from Hitchhiker Brewing, you know, he's a former home brewer, and realized I don't that, know who you might expect to explain uh, who that is oh. to everybody. Uh, um, so, friend of mine who used to work at the Verizon call center and just got laid off because Verizon's closing the call center here, um, was looking for work and got hooked up with a guy who's opening, opened a brewery in Mount Lebanon, Hitchhiker Brewing, right near where you work, actually. And uh, so he's a pro brewer now. And I was talking with him about an unnamed beer. I had a, a barrel-aged stout uh, from someplace in Michigan. And it was a, it was a hot mess uh, of the beer compared to the beer that I thought it was. It Remind to me to name a beer Hot Mess. Hot Mess, okay. Yes. And uh, it, and I said it was, you know, tasted like it was aged in a barrel of acetone, you know, a barrel of, from acetone. <laughs> and he tweeted back, he's like, you know, really? I got all acetylaldehyde. And I'm starting to thinking. And I actually, I've had a, a acetyl beer uh, just a couple Isn't of days Isn't that the apple Yeah, the yeah. green apple one. And it turns out I've been misidentifying acetylaldehyde. I know I've been misidentifying acetylaldehyde as acetone for a long time. Well, acetone is nail polish, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I wasn't, you know, when we talk about like exercising your senses mm-hmm. and not being able to tell the difference, you know, to discern a difference between things, I think I had fallen into this lull of not paying attention, not being able to discern. So I think I was lumping acetylaldehyde into acetone. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think many of the times that you go back in the la- at least the last six months, if not a year, you've heard me say acetone. Um, probably 70% of those is actually acetylaldehyde, knowing what I know now, what I've been re-educated on. So I apologize for for, for that one. I okay. Should, well, I should know better, but... Uh, uh, yeah, you know, for those listeners, just remember acetone more like nail polish, acetylaldehyde more like green apple, or green apple, maybe a little bit closer to eating just the peels of a green apple. You know, imagine peeling a Granny Smith mm-hmm. and then just eating the peels. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I I still get a little bit of carrot crossover. I still get a little bit of this this hot. Um, Boozy, you know, like you know, acetone almost has this bit of hot alcoholic thing going to it, right? Alcohol is not really the right word, but you know what I'm talking about. It's kind of, I don't know. It seems like you don't want to talk about this. So, I, no, so. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to remember. So Maui sent us the bikini blonde, right? The big swell, the coconut porter, and the mana wheat. Yeah, I think we all, we all, ex- we both expected that the coconut porter would be awesome. Yeah, I think the mano wheat is probably our favorite, right? Was that at the well, bikini? We had the Lahaina Town, Lahaina oh, Town Brown. Lahaina, yeah, the Lahaina. That was, that was our favorite. That was the, well, the the 
The mana wheat was really good. Yes. And the Lahaina Town was really good. Yes. The Big Swell IPA we had last week, it, we had to try the other can. It almost seemed like it was hop faded. Yeah. And um, that's just like this one almost seems yeah. like it's oxidized. Yeah. So weird because, yeah, we, we you don't expect cans to be oxidized. That's the nice thing about cans, they don't let. Oxygenated. So, I, you know, as we were talking here, I, the beer's been sitting, right? Instead of us working it, working it, and smelling it, and twisting it, and stuff. And I took a sniff right off of a settled beer, and it, it was roasty and, and umptious again. You know, I was getting some really good roast on it. Let's take a sip without agitating it. Yeah, where'd the coconut go? Is it still in the bottom of the can? <laughs> That's weird. I've... I've there's like almost no discernible coconut. I mean, just other than like a hint. Yeah, there's a like, hint. Like nothing more than you might pull out of a straight porter. I think it? you're right. I, I think that for whatever reason, this is not tasting like the beer we, we've had before. And oxidation usually doesn't kick in after two months. Well, it can't, shouldn't oxidize at all. Yeah. I mean, hardly at all. So it's hard to say what's going on here. So, the last beer of the night. Whoa. <laughs> I poured a lot of water in there. And not in your glass. Now it's on the table and on your shirt. <laughs> the last beer of the night is from Stone. This is sent to us by the brewery. This is their Quadro Triticale Stochastity Project, their Belgian quadruple. Now, we've had another Quadro Triticale. The reason why it's it's a popular name. I don't know. I don't think it was from Stone, right? It was from somebody else. Yeah, that wasn't this beer. It was... Or... What, maybe it was... One, if anything, it might have been one of the three-way collaborations. Mm. I can't recall. So... Triticale? You say the Lee part, too? It's not just Triticale or something like that? Or I don't know. The tr- okay. Quadro... Quadro Triticale was the name of a grain on a Star Trek episode... Called um, one of the one of the most one of my famous ones. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it it's the one where uh, oh, the trouble with triples. Oh, okay. So it's uh, you know, it was the plot point. But th- there's a, a grain called triticale or triticale, which is sort of a it's a cross between wheat and rye, something like okay. that. So stochasticity. Or Stokesty City is uh there's no happenstance or coincidence, dumb luck or fallacy, blah blah. I guess that's just what it means. It's uh, not not random chance. Well sto stochastic has to do with uh probability. Okay. Um and it's uh and and it actually can be used for I believe that when you're determining how much gas is like when you're determining whether I remember being used on Mythbusters for if they determine how much uh, how much gasoline vapor is in mm-hmm. a various room. That's a stochastic thing okay. that they test. So yeah, it, it's used in that myth. Okay, but but stochastic isn't probability theory. A purely stochastic system is one whose state is non-deterministic, so that the subsequent state of the system is determined probabilistic. 
Yeah, so on the label, aside from the big stone um, gargoyle, gargoyle face, is just a bunch of points connected by a bunch of randomly seeming lines. So it's just this big uh, mess of, of lines. And well, that then, would that would fit with stochastic because yeah. that would be um, not characterized by a fixed principle or rate at right. irregular intervals. That's what they went for. And they're uh, they're saying trapezoids, as we know them, have a proud lineage. So let's see. Does that mean they're doing something like a trapezoid or not something like a trapezoid? Uh, rather than follow the footsteps of the monks, <laughs> um, we intest. They aim to. Test the inherent makeup of a quadruple. A tritical. I'm going to call it tritical as the grain, but I don't know. A hybrid grain, a flavor of wheat and rye. So it's malted with Pilsner malt and flake tritical. Malted, you said malted with, by the Damn way. Damn it. it. It uses as its, it is grain bill, Pilsner malt and flake tritical. Belgian yeast is the Adrenus strain or Ad, AD, A-R-D-E- Ardennes, A-R-D-E-N-S-E-S. Ardennes. Ardennes. Ardennes, yes. The special ingredients, dark candy sugar, candy with an I. She's really cute. <laughs> Little heart over the eye. Okay, so the aroma on this one. Ooh. Holy yum, right? It's just this. So the first thing you get is like sweet brown sugar. You know, that's like, yes. that's the first top level 50,000 foot down view you get you just smell it like brown sugar and it smells luscious but a little peppery too there's some peppery notes in that it's like there were some cloves yeah, in that yeah. brown sugar yeah yeah as you as you get into it more closely you notice that actually it, it does have a rye aroma to it don't you think yes yeah a little bit spicy like that rye character Little fruity, kind of leaning towards kind of banana, actually. Yeah, yeah. Leaning in that direction. I don't know if it's quite all the way there. I'm gonna throw a weird one at you mm-hmm. here. Colored greens. Getting a little bit of that, a little more vegetal or. Um... I think that may be a crossed wire because I, okay. I I understand where that's coming from, okay. but I think that's sort of like a, the malt and the hops give you a, a fading reminiscence of something, but I doubt I don't think it's actually there. I think it's sort of a it's cl- there, there's a closeness yeah. in I, some I, aspects. I, yeah, and I really didn't mean it to come like no. I think about like I said, collard greens. What would that be? That could be DMS. No, I'm not smelling yeah, DMS. Yeah. You know, it's not so much that. Just something reminded me a bit, a little more, you know, herby's not the right word, but, you know, something a little more um, agricultural. If you're in that aisle, that can, you can get a wafting of that mm-hmm. stuff, and that can mix in with the other stuff, and you can sort of get in that area. But, no, it doesn't smell like collard greens, that cooked collard greens. It's not along those lines. Very healthy for you, by the way, collard greens. Good stuff. Well, depends how they're prepared. Yes. All right, so flavor on this one. They call it a quadruple. 
whether it's mimicking a quadruple or changing it, it has some of the maltiness. the The body isn't typically what I would expect from a quadruple. Kind of dries out real quick. Um, but it does have. It's pretty high in carbonation. Mm-hmm. There's. I'm still getting something that's kind of reminiscent of banana, but not quite. There's some pear. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. there's a, it has. It, I mean, it finishes exceedingly dry. It yeah, has a chalky type feel in your mouth, right? And 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 that dryness is accompanied by, what is that flavor? Kind of a, a little essence of like a too sweet strawberry. <laughs> Pears is a really good yeah. pick. You know, I was not really... I didn't have the right lens over the beer yet to, to be looking at that angle, right? I was just kind of getting that whole candy sugar sweetness, malt mm-hmm. sweetness. Hadn't really dissected that part yet. But when you say pear and you go in there, like, which fruits are you tasting? No, it's not really plum. It's not really prune. Really ripe pear. Yeah, uh, It's definitely in there. I'm not sure I'm able to get banana. I haven't really pulled banana yet. It's it's on the periphery. It, it, and and they could be like a collard green. It's sort of just something that mm-hmm. wires are crossed. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm not, and I'm not tasting anything that's vegetal like a collard green. There was something in the aroma I just got that, you know, in addition to all the other things we were smelling, I was just getting this thing that reminded me yeah. of a collard green. If anything, it's not so much... Dark fruits as it is dried fruits, mm-hmm. right? Because it's the it's the condensed sweetness that you're getting. See, I, I wouldn't really classify it as dried fruits, but more ripe fruits, like really ripe fruits. I'm getting that kind of sweetness, you know. And okay. there's, a, there's a slight difference there. There's, there is a slight difference, but but I I think that it, they're, they're close enough. Mm-hmm. And that's reasonable enough a correction that I think, you know, I, I think that's a reasonable correction yeah. to make. Yeah, I, I just think it was something to discern, right? Because mm-hmm. dry, dried fruits is kind of a generic term anymore, right? Where, you know, I don't know. I don't want to really belabor the point, but. You know. I, I think you have a point. So, very ripe fruit that maybe has some powdered sugar on <laughs> it because there's a little extra sweetness there. <laughs> All right, that's fine. You can disagree, but I was I was just worried because one of the you know one of the generic terms that we bander about you know throw around maybe too easily is dried fruit, right? So, yeah, well, I'm I try to avoid that whenever possible because yeah, I don't think dried fruit really describes well. Dark fruit is 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 the one that I really dislike because I yeah. think it doesn't describe anything. It just, mm-hmm. but yeah, dried fruit maybe sort of on the same level where it's like okay, well get get more specific. Pears really ripe with some offset in the direction of, but to me, banana is pretty warm right now, but I'm really liking the temperature. We're drinking it almost 65 degrees, Mm -hmm. 64.7 and, uh, or 18.2 for you, uh, international listeners. And, uh, it's really, I think it's a really good temperature Mm -hmm. for this beer. You can really get a lot of, of, of the nuance out of it. 
We just got a beer from Saranac. Saranac. <laughs> yeah, I put it. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a it's a single malt um, Scotch barrel aged beer, and the marketing collateral they sent with us in huge letters right here it says, "Drink at room temperature." And I'm gonna have to email Megan and and ask her to define room temperature mm-hmm. because we like beers warm. Yes, well, warmer than. We like beers warm. I mean... No, we don't like beers... We like them a lot warmer than the average... To say warm, and when you think warm, now you're getting above body temperature. Okay. So we like beers room temperature or or close to it. But I'm not sure I want... You know, 72 might be a little on the hot side. Might be a little on the hot side, yeah. Yeah. So we like beer... Yeah, we like beers close to room temperature. We're not quite there. I mean, 65 is still plenty cold to, to your... 90, roughly, yeah. 90, between 97 and 99 is where most people are. This is definitely a sipper, an explorer. Mm-hmm. You can sit down with it and really dig into it. This one is the most complex beer of the night by far. I think it's kind of what we expected, though. I mean, if you get a, a bottle like that that has all this verbiage on it, stochasticity project, But it, but it actually delivers a lot of that. No, and the, right? that's this true. Is, this is yeah. a Belgian quad that delivers a complexity and a depth that you can explore mm-hmm. and really just enjoy sitting back with and, and really digging Absolutely. into this beer. Absolutely. We're going to have more of this in the pre-show, I bet, or post-show, I bet. If, if... You're faster than light again, aren't you? You're trying to break causality. Oh, let's not get into that again. So now that we've had all the beers, how would you rank these? How would I rank these? I think I could do that. They were all pretty good, except the coconut porter was a bit of a curiosity and disappointment. Um, I'm going to put that one in last place. pains me because I know what it can be, Mm -hmm. but it was not that tonight. The coconut was all but missing. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you could say, you know, this porter has a coconut nuance to it. You know, for just about any porter, you know. And this one had no more coconutness than, you know, what you might pull out of an average porter. I agree. And then, I'm not going to rank that beer. Appreciate beer. Um, fourth place. Let's go with, I'm going to go with the Farmer's Tan. I enjoyed it. But uh, it didn't quite, you know bring as much to the table as, as the other three beers. Uh, the Farmer's Tan was nice because it's a, it's a log haul. gives you a lot of hoppiness, has that dank hoppiness. Uh, and it, it was an enjoyable drink. could drink a few of those and, and you know, not, not a big deal. Uh, the other beers had more interesting things going on in them. Uh, number three is probably going to be Aussie. It was uh, a neat... Belgian ale. It had that candy sugar flavor, even though I'm not sure. I'm not positive that it used candy sugar. Uh, had a neat spiciness to it. A uh, bit of white pepper thing. And uh, it was a pretty good drinker. I like that. Now it gets tough. Do I reward the stone for its immense explorability and analysis capabilities? Or do I reward the Mirror Pond from Deschutes because it was just a really good drinker. Uh, I can see why it's their best-selling beer. Uh, as I said in the interview with Deschutes, I was surprised. I thought, you know, Black Butte was mm. 
and that's their number two beer. But I thought Blackview Porter was what they were known for. But hell, Mirapont's quite a beer. Um, I think I'm going to have to put the stone in first place. I mean, it's just because of the mode we're here drinking in, right? It's just really fascinating. I mean, it's just a it's a good quad, and quads have a lot going on, and. Uh, I just get excited thinking about, you know, taking a sip of this, figuring it out, mm-hmm. bathing in the experience of, of drinking the stone. Bathing in it. I like that. I like the description. It's cool. It, it's very um, visual. You know how much I like this. My my rankings are basically yours with a change to the top. So, Coconut Porter number five. Yeah, I mean, we've had Coconut Porter and it's been better than this. I, I kind of think that if you pick up any random coconut porter, it's going to be better than the one we had. For some reason, that was not a very good bottle of coconut porter, especially compared to our expectations. Well, it wasn't a bottle of coconut porter. It was a can. <laughs> it was not a very good can. You know, we still got to get off this, but okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. My number four, just like you, the Farmer's Tan, I liked it more than I did the last time we had it. I think that drinking it, for some reason, whatever, drinking these helped. But it, maybe this should be their session IPA class. Yeah. <laughs> but the other beers, I think, were were better in this show. the The Aussie number three, just like you, I I can liked it a lot. Whatever it's called now, I think if you get a chance to get the Brewers Art, then uh, see if you can pick that up. It's a a good sort of twist on the sort of Belgian style with some nice spiciness to go along with it. My number two is going to be the Quadro Triticale. I think it's it's always cool to have a big beer that has an interesting stuff to it and stuff to go into, but that Mirror Pond is going to be now one of my new go-tos because that, that's how good it was. It's good. And that doesn't happen often that you get a beer where it's like, I just, I really want to have a whole bunch more of this and I think that I will, if I see this, grab some more. That's something that that's a beer that that is special, and I think the beer pond is special in that sense. So I'm going to get number one. All right, excellent. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website to find out what that means. Mm. Uh, if you would like to contact us, you can contact us via Twitter. At uh, Craft Beer Radio is the show's Twitter account and then personally I am at Jeff Bear at Greg. CBR Greg uh, beer at craftbeerradio.com is our email address and uh, you're listening to Huey Lewis and if you're looking for a fun thing to do online look for like a mashup of the Ghostbusters theme and I want a new drug and uh, and then look into the legal history of yeah, same exactly All right, well, talk to you next week.